Circle of Chi Podcast, Episode 1, Season 1. We are all in need of healing, and healing begins within. Welcome to the Circle of Chi Podcast, the journey of me, Victoria Smith, creator of CircleofChi.com, and your host. We start off Season 1 with how it all began. Not the podcast, but my journey. Why was I drawn to the teachings of Mother Earth, Sky Father, the elements, sacred geometry, crystals, and astrology? Was it my mother who introduced me, or was it my past lives that brought me here? I will take you on this journey and introduce you to the individuals, the cultures, that played a role in where I am today and what you can achieve through their teachings. Health, the state of being free from illness or injury. According to the World Health Organization, today, three types of definition of health seem to be possible and are used. The first is that health is the absence of any disease or impairment. The second, that health is a state that allows the individual to adequately cope with all demands of daily life. The third states that the health is a state of balance or equilibrium that an individual has established within himself or between himself and his social and physical environment. However, according to Glamour, 97.3% of Americans are unhealthy physically. However, I have learned that if you measure those people, their auras and their souls, merely 62% of Americans are unhealthy. So where does the difference lie? During my journey, I learned that there are different types of health measurements, mentally, physically, spiritually. Where do you stand mentally? Where do you stand physically? Whenever you go to the doctors today, you're being, you're being catered to your physical being, not your mental or your soul being. So in order to heal, you must be able to understand the mind, body, and soul. So where it's good to follow your doctor's lead for the body, you must also find a way to heal the mind and the soul. So that's where my, my journey began. After the passing of my parents in 2011 and 2013 consecutively, I, I had to decide in which direction to go. Did I want to dwell on their passing or did I want to heal myself and remember who they were and the things that they taught me and how to take those things to the next level and make myself the best version of me. So as I say, I am beautiful. I am enough. I say that with all generosity to my parents that gave me the ability to believe that I can be the best version of me regardless of what others think. And I hope that you too can establish that through listening through my journey and what this podcast is about and how you can learn from the people that I will bring on periodically to give you guidance, give you the tools that they gave me and how you can establish a daily ritual to become the best version of you. So welcome to episode one of Circle of Chi podcast. I am Victoria Smith, your host. I will take you on a journey of me and you. And I welcome you to reach out to me at any time and ask questions. That's what this is for. After 2020, and the worldwide pandemic. 
I had to reestablish a way of living, a way of doing things, and understanding that even though we have to go about things in a different way, I don't have to forget about the things that I was taught. Because we are socially distanced doesn't mean that our souls are not distanced. Our minds are not distanced. So with this, I take you down the first exploration of my journey. When I was a child, I was introduced to several indigenous tribes, cultures, um, through my mother. She loved to travel. She loved to explore different things. She wanted to understand so many things because she had seen and heard so many things in her life. She was raised in northeastern United States from parents who came from Europe and grandparents that came from Europe, as did I. You know, I, I started out my life in Italy and came to America as, as a very young child because my parents were military. And because of their military backgrounds, we were able to see and do and explore many things that many people don't get to do. And because of that experience of the military, I, I was able to see these things and experience these things. But I respected these things. So when we come back, I will take you on what was my first experience with these cultures, with these tribes, where it was, who it was, and let you decide on where we should go next.
Where did it all begin? Well, for me, it began with traveling, exploring. Um, America is a big, wide-open world. Um, you've seen this show, Aerial America. Well, I feel like Aerial America is, is a depiction of my childhood. Not because we flew everywhere, but because we drove everywhere. So I would say it's um, earthbound America in this case. Um, I, I joke about that because, you know, I love to travel still and, and, and my mother loved to travel. And I think that's where I get my uh, adventurous spirit from, is from her. And we are all seeds of our parents. And they taught me to be the best version of me regardless of what other people think. So my journey here, uh, you know, season one, episode one, I, I want to tell you about my early years. What led me to my healing, my exploration, um, my spiritual growth, my physical growth, um, my physical loss, uh, many different things. Um, we're going to explore um, the cultures, the modalities, the spirituality, the religion, um, and why do I separate those? We'll talk heavily about that later down the road. but. Most importantly, let's talk about, you know, my early years. So like I said, growing up, we traveled a lot. I love to explore. Um, you know, I grew up in the Southeast United States in my early years, um, mostly in Tennessee, um, in the Memphis area to be exact. Um, I love it down here. It's hot, it's humid in the summertime, but in the winter, it's mild and, and nice. We don't see a lot of snow here, which is a blessing because I don't like the cold. <laughs> I, I like to be able to, you know, breathe and feel comfortable in my own skin. <laughs> uh, so snow and rain and all that stuff, not so much. Um, hot, humid, love it. Um, go out and explore during it. So... The early years in, in the Memphis area, we were able to uh, stop by some of the indigenous tribes here, the Cherokees, the Lakotas um, of Arkansas, the, um, uh, the Ottawas of Mississippi. There's there's several of them in this area. Uh, the Mississippi Valley has a lot of Ottawa tribe in, and uh, the Florida area as well, um, which I recently um, stopped by one of the Indian uh, temple mounds of that area. Um, it was a museum in Fort Walton Beach where I recently traveled to with my husband. Um, uh, it's a place we go to often, but this time I wanted to make it something different. I wanted to understand why I'm drawn to that area. Because it seems like we as humans go to places that we want to learn about. We, we as humans vacation in places that are intriguing to us. Not actually because we want to go out and show off our, you know, summer bikini or whatever, because that's not who I am. This is about 
me and my husband exploring different things. And, and it really began when we took our trip to the Caribbean. You know, we got to go to the Bahamas several years ago and we loved that trip. And, and after we came back, I, I said, you know, there's a lot out there that we don't know about um, in South America, the, the Caribbean islands and all those things. And I wanted to know more, you know, coming from a European background, being born in Italy and coming to America when I was early in early ages. Um, I don't remember the exact time, but I, I'm going to say around two or three. Um, but I don't remember that. And, and I've always wanted to explore different things. And I've always studied mythology you know, religion and, and all those things. But it was more of the Indian cultures that I was enlightened by. Um, American Indian tribes, that is. Um, and so while we were in our, our last trip in Fort Walton Beach, uh, we went to the Indian Temple Mound Museum. Um, and it was pretty pretty amazing. I, I did not, first of all, I didn't know it was there. We'd been to Fort Walton about two to three different times and didn't even know it was there. <laughs> Um, but we explored this time, and we, we, were, we were enlightened by the artifacts that they had in the museum, the, the background of the tribes that they had, and, and mostly the, um, again, the artifacts. Um, you know, one of the things that they have in the museum, of course, is it's built around a, a mound, um, one of the Indian mounds. And a lot of people believe that those mounds are uh, burial grounds, but they're not. They're they're actually religious places that the Indian cultures used for their uh, chief or their uh, their leader. Um, they would do ceremonial things around those mountains, and inside those mountains is where they resided. The inside of the mountains were actually uh, adobes where they lived, and and you can see a lot of that there. But you can't get into these mountains, of course, because they're respected territory to the Native American cultures. Um, and so, you know, you hear a, a lot of different people. One of the people that I, I have studied, you know, around is uh, Gregory Little here in Tennessee. He's part of the Edgar Casey Foundation, and he talks about a lot of the mounds, and he's traveled to a lot of the different mounds. And, you know, I, I will eventually have him on the show down the road, but, you know, Gregory Little is very inspiring because, like him, he wanted to understand the energies behind the different mounds. Was it the territory or was it the ground it was built on or was it the spirit of the tribes that actually made the energy to what it is today? And why do I say energy? Well, energy in, in the human body is very powerful because, you know, energy is like water. We need it to survive. If our energies are low, we're very tired and very, you know, very fatigued. If our energies are high, we're very energetic and very out outgoing um and so you know you'll hear me talk about you know the auric readings understanding the energy flow and the different parts of the body and 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 that healing that i went through because it was an important role to me because not knowing that early on i was actually living with the disease that would you know change my life in my early 30s and that profoundly changed me um, after my parents died and so you know staying on the topic of the mounds and things like that when you when you're going across the United States and you you know you're driving you're flying whatever you may be doing but mostly driving because that's where you'll see these things you know look at the signs that say you know indigenous culture you know territory visit these places learn about them 
Learn about how our country was made. Learn about how we, as, as human beings, thrive off of what they built for us. You know, we took over their land. The white man took over their land. And so we need to respect them and give back to them more now than ever. Because the most important commodity in the United States is land. If you don't have land, you have nothing. Okay? You know, there's a, a, a show on uh, the Paramount Network uh, called Yellowstone. Not to be speaking of Yellowstone Park, our national, you know, our national, you know, park that we have in Wyoming. But Yellowstone is a television show that Kevin Costner, you know, stars in. And it talks about his family and how much land they own in Montana. Well, why is it funny? It's not funny because, you know, when the 1700s, 1800s, we were still fighting for our country. We were still building our country. We were stealing from these indigenous cultures. We were taking from them the things that they gave us. And we now have turned into sky-raised buildings or, you know, glass mound culture, whatever, centers. And, um, and we've, in essence, taken away from the earth. You know, most of America is formed off of limestone. And limestone is, coal, is important to energy flow. And limestone is important to the growth of the, the land around you. And when limestone deteriorates, the ground deteriorates. And when the ground deteriorates, cities deteriorate. And they take people with it. Um, looking back, in all the places that we lived, I, I realized that the earth and the earthbound surroundings are what made me. And, you know, we'll go into more detail in just a minute when we get back, but take this note. In the places that you've lived, did you notice a different type of energy for yourself when you live there? Did you notice a high energy stream for yourself or a low energy stream for yourself? Let's talk about that when we get back.
Welcome back. Uh, hope you enjoyed that song, uh, Messenger Inca by Hans Johnson. Um, I get my music from a company called um, Artlist.io. Um, check it out if you're looking for music for your podcast or uh, commercial licensing that you need for your music. Uh, so we're back. Uh, we just got through talking about, um, you know, the indigenous mounds and... Uh, indigenous cultures and and how that impacted the beginning of my journey um so going you know deeper into that you know as i said i you know recently visited the one in fort walton beach but it was most of my childhood that we traveled around the country explored different things you know it did the you know typical visits we never did the disney world disneyland things we always did the let's explore history american history um, so that's kind of what our vacations were about, was learning, education, fun. <laughs> um, the last the last family trip that I remember us taking um, was we, we drove across the country um, from... Did we go from Virginia or did we start in Tennessee? I can't remember where we started at, but we drove to San Diego, California. Took the southern route, so it must have been from Tennessee. Uh, we went through, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, um, and into California, and uh, went to the Grand Canyon. That was my first visit to the Grand Canyon. Uh, explored Roswell. Didn't really get to see Roswell because it was like 2 in the morning when we got through there. Um, went through Albuquerque, did all that stuff. Um, the, the person that I know is my godfather. Uh, he lives out in Arizona now. He actually is in his late 60s, and he had twins when he was in his 50s. <laughs> Um, he married his a younger woman, of course, uh, my godmother, Linda. But, uh, you know, we we talked about visiting them out there, but we never got the opportunity. Timing. Timing is everything. So, but anyway, um, so we, we talk about American culture and how the American Indian impacted the white man and what the white man did to the Indian, which impacted the Indian um but how does it impact our souls our beings our livelihoods um you know the white man doesn't really explore spirituality um outside of religion uh in that time because it's an unspoken truth that we have emotions we have feelings we have this that's not the european way um I guess that's why they were able to take over a, a world that wasn't theirs. But uh, besides the point, we, looking back, um, I can remember my earliest experience with the soul and, and understanding the soul. Um, I was, I guess it was preteen, teenage when my grandfather passed away, my mother's father. 
and uh, he was very Italian. <laughs> um, and, you know, in the, in the Italian culture, you're taught to go to church, you're taught to respect the nuns, the priests, the, the Pope, etc., etc. Um, but my parents didn't raise us in the church. They, they chose not to, both of them coming from a Catholic background. Religion wasn't their goal. Their goal was to allow us to make the decisions in our life and allow us to decide which direction we want to go. Um, and I guess that's why today I've led myself back to the church and began exploring more things of it, but it was my own journey. It was mine to decide on where to start, and they did not force that upon me. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> my, uh, my first experience that I remember um, understanding the soul and death and the other side, I guess you can say, um, I was, like I said, in my teenage years, and my, and my mother's father passed away, and mom was very connected to spirit. My mom was very open to different things. Um, it was in my later teenage years that, you know, she introduced me to, you know, psychic medium John Edward, and we went to a lot of his in-person gallery shows and <clears throat> did a lot of those things and had fun with that stuff, but point being, you know, that was my first experience with it was when he passed away. And my mother, um, when I was older, much older, uh, she told me about the things that she was experiencing back then, which was she believed her father was visiting her. Um, she would get different uh, sparks of light. She would uh, experience the TV, um, like a, a light in the visual of the TV. And this is before flat screen, so we're talking about tubal TVs. Um, and, and so she was experiencing different things and she also mentioned about hearing things and seeing things and wanting to understand them more and I guess that's where her questioning of spirituality and the other side really began was that experience that she experienced and um and how she introduced that to me in my in my in my early 20s um but as a teenager she never really spoke of it it was a, an unspoken truth um and I say unspoken truth because you know, in, in the Catholic Church, you're not supposed to speak of those things. They, they happen. They, we've experienced them. You know, our family was very much a believer in, you know, God is the healer. God is the one that, that heals us. And he does that through um, different people. And, and our family had a connection to uh, Padre Pio. And if you don't know who Padre Pio is, he was one of the uh, few priests that experienced the marks of Christ, the crucifixion. He had the stigmatas. They refer to them as the stigmatas. And uh, I refer him because, you know, my mother carried a picture of him until the day she died. It, it was always with her. It was under her pillow at night when she slept. Um, it was with her when she passed. And I have that picture now, of course. And the energy that it carries because of who he was, that energy comes through that. And that is her truth. But my truth is, yes, I believe in that, but I also believe in other things. And so I take that education and that knowledge and I combine it with other things that I've been taught through the years. So I go now into speaking of, you know, going into the indigenous cultures and shamanism. Shamanism has been a big part of my journey. 
Um, I talk about my early childhood visiting different cultures, different tribes, understanding the different tribes and, and taking what I learned there and into the things that I do today to be the best version of me. Uh, you'll hear me say that often because the best version of me is the best that I can be. It's not what everybody expects me to be. I am the best version of me because I choose to be this. And that was taught to me through the indigenous people. You are you. You are your own soul. You are on your life. And you have to take that with you to the other side should you choose to. And talking of shamanism, um, I was introduced to shamanism um, early on in my journey, uh, my individual journey, not my childhood journey, but my individual journey in my 20s, late, thir late 20s, early 30s, actually. And it was after my mom's passing in 2013 that I really began to explore this more. And shamanism was one of the first areas that I studied because I had heard that term throughout my trips to the indigenous cultures that we, that we you know, explored. And um, it made me understand more. And so, you know, people are often confused about what shamanism is. Uh, shamanism is a system of religious practice. It is not a cultural exploration. It is a religious practice. Um, it's, it's historically associated with the indigenous and tribal societies um, of shamans, which is connected to the other world. However, they have the power to heal the sick, communicate with spirits, and escort souls of the dead to the afterlife. And the, the origins of shamanism actually stem from North, Northern Europe, which is where I come from. And in the parts of Northern Asia, which is the Chinese area. And, you know, you can go to the Wikipedia page, you can go to the different, you know, NCL and NCH pages um, and explore shamanism and what the true definition of, but there, there are many variations of shamanism throughout the world, but several combine the beliefs that shamanism is the following. Um, it says spirit exists and they play important roles both in individual lives and human society. The shaman can communicate with the spirit world. Spirits can be benevolent or malevolent. The shaman can treat sickness caused by malevolent spirits. The shaman can employ trances inducing techniques to in incite visionary ecstasy and go into vision quests. And that's important because we'll talk about, you know, the sweat lodges and things like that. Um, but the shaman's spirit can leave the body to enter the supernatural world in search of in search of answers. So that's really where my journey began. Upon my mom's passing in 2013 and my father's in 2011, um, you know, I like I said, I've been introduced to psychic mediums. Well, are psychic mediums shamans? No, they're not. Psychic mediums are people that carry gifts just like shamans do to speak to their side, but they are not one and the same. Uh, psychic mediums, whether you believe in them or not, they carry messages from the other side. Whether they're pure or not depends on the psychic you're working with or the medium you're working with. And so over the years, I've studied a lot of different psychic mediums. I've studied a lot of psychic mediums and in this, in this, different variations. Of course, John Edwards was one that really stood out because he was one of the first 
known psychic mediums in the United States. He was more of a celebrity psychic back in those days, but today he teaches people what he's learned. Um, he comes from a very Catholic background as well. He was born and raised in New York from a very religious, you know, Catholic mother and grandmother, but he believes his gifts come from his grandmother. But I'm not, I'm not here to talk about his story. I'm here to talk about mine, but we're very similar. Um, my mother believes that she had a gift. Um, I believe I have the gift. My, I believe my grandmother had the gift, but we won't speak of that. Um, but in other words, you know, is how do we get those messages? Where are they coming from? And so I, I started studying shamanism as a, as a means to explore how to get those messages. And the reason I talk about it in that, in that order is because um, we talk about shaman spirits can leave the body. Well, you don't have to be a shaman to be able to experience that. Individuals can experience that through, you know, near-death experiences. Um, they can experience that through dreams. They can experience that through uh, guided meditations and different visualization techniques. Um, so it's it's all in how you put it all together. And so, you know, the next part of shamanism says the shaman evokes animal images, spirit guides, omens, and message bearers. And the shaman can also perform over varied divinations, uh, scree, throw bones, and ruins, and sometimes foretell of the future events. So just like a psychic medium. A shaman is a reader. A shaman is a person that brings you those messages, whether it be past life, future life, current life, however you look at it. So shamanism is that first part of my journey. journey, And that journey allows me to pull together the tools that I needed to explore the first part of where I needed to go. And that first part was accepting the passing of my parents and knowing that even though their their physical body is gone their spirit is still with me and their soul is still alive and their soul is the one that continues to embrace me as the best version of me and their embrace allows me to be able to share this journey with you and to introduce you the order in which I went upon it. It could help you, it could hurt you. I don't want to say it's going to hurt you, but I can tell you it will allow you to accept maybe the questions that you've had to yourself and you can take on to the next part of your journey. So when we come back, we'll talk about the shamanism techniques that I was first introduced to, um, explore uh, those areas, and then take it into you know some things that you can you can learn about yourself and um, we'll do that after the commercial break
All right, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that clip. Anstro, Ancestros Fusion by Pongal Ghana. Another artist from Artlist.io. So we're talking about shamanism and, and that how it, it helped me begin my journey. Um, so we talked about what shamanism is, but there are some misconceptions about shamanism. Uh, shamanism is actually, um, as I stated earlier, part of the Northern Europe, Northeastern Europe, and Northeastern Asia uh, cultures. It's not a uh, Western, Westernized uh, technique. Um, it was actually introduced as a Westernized technique in the late 1990s um, as spirituality began to evolve in America and how people um, kind of intertwined the indigenous cultures with the Eastern cultures and those cultures being part of the energy and spirituality divisions. So that being said, you know, there there's some concepts within shamanism that's very important to understand before you can really deep dive into getting started with your own journey. And it was helpful with me, um, my mentor that, you know, taught me uh, the way, um, introduced me first to different techniques within shamanism. Um, those being uh, animal, animal spirit and spirit uh, symbols. Symbology, I guess, is the way we're looking at that. Uh, so symbology plays a big part of shamanism because um, shamans believe that animals are spirit messages and each animal carries a different message. And my mentor introduced me to a book called uh, Animal Speak. Animal Speak is by Ted Andrews. It's one of the most well-respected um, dictionaries, let's say, of animal birds and reptile, reptile symbolism in Native American cultures. Um, it has over 5,000 copies sold, and it's a book that I will reference often um, as we're talking about, you know, indigenous uh, symbols and things like that. So I, I use it a lot when I'm doing my dream interpretations and trying to understand what I've just had about in my lucid dreams. Um, it, it allows me to get definitions of what my dream was really about, and we'll talk more about that later down the road. But, you know, just remember Animal Speak by Ted Andrews, uh, one of the best... Uh, symbology dictionaries out there. Uh, another area that they, uh, my mentor introduced me to was the chakra system. Uh, the chakra system is a major part of spiritual and metaphysical healing. If you don't know about your chakra system, just go Google it, honestly, um, the chakra system, and that's C-H-A-K-R-A. Um, our body is made up of seven, seven different chakras, and each of those chakras um, is a, let's call it a portal to the things that you need to help corrupt your life. And um, this podcast is a perfect explanation of my, um, my throat chakra being empowered and me being able to tell my story for once. Um, you'll learn more about that as we go into di different topics and things like that. But I want to stay on topic with shamanism. But, you know, as I said, staying on track, learn about the chakra system. That is a second element of the shamanic journey that everyone should know about and understand to be able to take that explorational journey to their 
healing and their different uh, um, deviations, I guess you could say. And so going into that, so shamanism and the shamanic journey and how does animal spiritualism and the chakra system and all of these different things come to, to life and how do we bring all that together? Well, as we said early on, the shaman has the ability to awaken spirit, to evoke animal, animal images of spirit guides, omens, and message bearers. So staying on point with shamanism and animal images, each of us gets messages from different animals throughout our life and we don't realize it. I didn't start experiencing more of this until after my parents passing and and really wanting to get messages from them and and wanting to put things together um, for myself and for my way um, and one of those things is you know dragonflies I, I you know I don't treat my yard with chemicals I am a very holistic person when it comes to my house and I don't treat my yard with chemicals. And a lot of people, a lot of my neighbors will ask me, I know you have a lot of weeds in your yard, but you have so much animal life in your yard. How do you get all that animal life? And I'm saying because I don't use chemicals in my yard. I simply, you know, spray the grass down with water and, you know, let, let Mother Nature do her thing. And so I get a lot of animal life in my yard. Um, every every month around the, the new moon, I get rabbits frequently. Um, I get dragonflies around the full moon, and, you know, during the first quarter moon, I get uh, variations of, you know, bees and um, butterflies and, and different things. And and I laugh because I see the dragonflies. I say, hi, mom, hi, dad, how you doing? You know, and they come closer. They come, like, they're them. It's That's the way of me interacting with, with my spirit, with my mother and my father and my spirits. Um, and I enjoy it but not everybody is accustomed to that um but the other thing i look at is you know i i love animals all kinds of animals regardless i'm not a fan of spiders <laughs> let's all be serious about that i don't like spiders and i don't like roaches because they're gross but they all play a role and um one of the animals that has been very very big role in my life has been beagles um my grandfather used to race beagles um up north when my mom was growing up beagles and hound dogs um he was part of the pittsburgh beagle club and it was funny because i you know never really knew my grandfather who did really part of my life but beagles were always important to me i love beagles and after my mom passed away you know i my husband and i talked about getting a dog because i needed a companion to you know just be with me and um and so i you know found a uh what do they call them? A, a breeder of beagles out in uh, East Tennessee. And we got our first beagle, uh, who is Gunner. And you'll periodically hear Gunner in the background. <laughs> he likes to play in the background while we're, while we're doing a podcast recording. So, um, And then a couple years after we got Gunner, Gunner found um, his, not his mate, but his sister um, at a, um, an animal uh, pet show here in Memphis. And we rescued her. She was a rescue. And her name is Marley. And she is the light of our life. She is a ball of energy. She is the one that you can look at and go, what did you just say? Because <laughs> when we first got her, she didn't have a voice. And her voice is now alive and with us. 
as we have her now five years actually recording this podcast today is her gotcha day. Um, today we, re- we adopted her and uh, we're happy to have her. But, you know, they're both beagles and they're a big part of our life. But, you know, is it my connection to my grandfather? Is it the fact that I just love beagles or is it the fact that they were meant to be in our life? Um, I think it's a combination of all those things. And I think everybody can relate to something like that. Um, you don't know what life's going to bring you until it happens. And in shamanism, they teach you that. That, you know, our life, we talk to spirits. We talk to our spirit guides. And and at times you can go into deeper exploration with, you know, a meditation, a trance state. Whatever you do to um, envision your quest. And... Me personally, I do a daily meditation, and that meditation in, involves invoking, you know, spirit. Um, also, opening up opportunity, and you know, I want to close this first episode with, you know, shamanism. Shamanism is a big part of this whole quest that I'm on, and shamanism plays a big role. But it's not from the indigenous people that shamanism comes. That comes from the Eastern world, and it wasn't introduced to the Western world uh, as a term per se into the 1990s but it's still a big part of the indigenous cultures and I will talk a lot about the indigenous people and how their beliefs and how their ways of living uh, with Mother Earth and um, Sky Father will take you down that road and down that road comes a major um, epiphany for some some it is a piece of closure Um, But for me, it opened up many things, and it allowed me to become the best version of me. And so I'm going to close this podcast with just a note of, you know, the reason for the start of when it started. You know, it's opening today, August 13th, uh, which is Friday the 13th, 2021. Um, You know, that's looked at as a demonic number in some cultures, but to me, it's one of my most powerful numbers. It's also the day after the closing of the Lionsgate portal, which is the uh, one of the... In, in spiritualism, we look at the Lionsgate portal as a opening to opportunity. And to me, this is an opportunity. And I honor that portal uh, by giving you this and introducing you to this and taking you down the path that I went down and taking you through the trials and tribulations that led me to who I am today and how I am to introduce you to the stories that I give you because those stories weren't there at the beginning of my journey they didn't come out until later and so I want you to help me honor the tribes of the indigenous people that gave me this opportunity Um, the Cherokees, the Lakotas, the Dakotas Um, the Ottawa's all of them gave me different elements of where I am today and because of them I ask each of you that are listening if you're in the United States to respect them respect this land because it is their land we stole it from them and it's our opportunity to honor it and to deliver the next opportunity for the next generation whether that's you know archaeologically um 
whether that's through the UFOs and the things that are happening now with disclosure, whether it's anything, all of that stuff plays a big part in everything that's happening today. And it all started in the Americas with these cultures that we took from. And so now I'm giving back by telling these stories that I learned along the way. And I hope that you will enjoy them. I hope that you will uh, enjoy the people that will come on. I hope that you will um, reach out to me if you have questions. You know, challenge me if you find something different. But, you know, this has been a long, uh, long journey for me. And uh, I, I hope that my best version of me um, helps you become the best version of you. And I thank you for joining me on uh, episode one. And uh, episode two, we will pick up on shamanism and animal symbology and what animal symbology means in different things, whether that's dream interpretation, um, uh, spirit meditation, anything, anything. So we're going to go into that topic next week. And then on episode three, we are going to have a special guest with us and I'll tell you more on next episode, but I hope you have enjoyed the season, season one, uh, episode one. And closing this with a um, uh, a song called uh, "Drum of War" by Will Van Van de Cromet. Excuse me, Will Van de Cromet, um, another artist from Artlist.io. Um, we're just going to close it out with that. And until next week, when I have episode two ready, um, please reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me, Victoria at circlechi.com and that's circleofqi.com. Um, definitely check out the website because I will have follow-up information about the topics that I discuss on the, on each podcast. They'll be available on the website and, uh, obviously, you know, catch me on all of your podcasts, your favorite podcast, uh, channels and, uh, on Trim Radio Network. Um, I'm proud to be part of that network as a, uh, person that helps market them as well as a now host on their network. So I'm proud of everything that I'm part of these days and I hope you will be part of my journey as well for this next chapter. And please reach out to me. Please uh, check a look at circleitchy.com and reach out, like I said, Victoria at circleitchy.com. I appreciate you.